0: Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast. She Reads Truth creates beautiful, accessible Bible reading plans and resources to help you get into God's Word every day. Each week here on the podcast, we talk about what we're going to read together as a community this week. I'm your host, Rachel Myers. And I'm your other host,
1: Amanda Bible-Williams, and this is week two of our Hebrew series One week down, two weeks to go, and today we have our dear friend, Kelly Minter, on with us. Kelly, you know Kelly. She writes books. She teaches the Bible. She has a podcast. She's wonderful. She has a new study, Rachel, did you know this, coming out in November call. It's on Ruth. Yes, And we just read Ruth recently. So if you want to do a deeper dive or read through Ruth again with Kelly as Your Guide. That new study is coming out in November, and the subtitle is Lost, Love, and Legacy. That's right. But today, Kelly <laughs> talked with us about the book of Hebrews, and as usual, she is a fantastic guest, and we learned so much together. So let's get right to it. <music> Kelly, would you like to venture a
2: guess of how many times you've been on the Sheer Truth podcast? That is a great... I will venture a guess. I'm going to say... Seven, you're right. This
1: Am is I? your seventh time.
2: <gasps> wow, the number of it's the Lord's number. perfection,
1: uh-huh. perfection, is wholeness, is it? Is it yeah, wholeness, completion, completion. But here there's, you go. But there's the thing is, this is it not the number of completion for the number of times on the podcast because we're oh, not done. That's right, because I'm yeah. coming back.
0: It'll oh, be, be 70 to. times seven, <laughs> to be clear. <laughs> there <laughs> there <laughs> this is one of those. <laughs> hey, I
2: always enjoy it, so oh. I'm up for it. I'm here for it. I'm excited.
0: Well, but it does feel like you need like a gold jacket or something. I do. We need at least some swag. We do. I'm going to write that down. Yes. Send Kelly swag. Yes. I would (laughs) like some
2: SRT like. Yeah, paraphernalia. Paraphernalia for sure. Mm-hmm. Or get like
1: a like a jacket that we put like a, a new um, patch on
0: every time. she's yeah. on the podcast. Yes. Okay. Yes. We're like football f- teams we're...
2: where they win things and they uh-huh. get yes.
0: Uh huh. Uh-huh. Or a little uh-huh. bit like, like Awana, where like achievement badges. Yes. Yes. Yes, Awana. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
2: Hey, I was in Awana. Yeah,
0: I was in caravan. I don't know different oh. denominations, but oh, probably okay. similar van. Okay. We yeah. 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 Anyway, we digress. <laughs> we digress. Yeah. <laughs> um, welcome back. Thank, Thank you for you. saying yes. For the seventh time, always, always, (laughs) always. I'm I'm sorry that we didn't have you for Ruth, since you literally just are launching. Hebrews five through ten, easy, cool, no problem. Uh Yeah, I'm actually real glad you're our guest for this week. Uh Like we're gonna get to talk about Melchizedek and all the answers and all the straightforward nature of that conversation. I look forward to.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Excellent, yeah, excellent. Yeah, there are some. I have some question marks and exclamation points uh-huh. in the margins for a lot these of these chapters. A lot of
0: what question mark and how and who and yeah. And, Get well, excited. Eek. I had one eek. Yeah. You had one eek. Wow. Uh-huh. Well, I think
2: that was one of the things I was thinking okay, these are really heavy theological yeah. um, ideas that are pulsing all the way through these chapters. However, I was thinking the main idea though is that we have a mediator between Mm -hmm. God and ourselves, and it is Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. and He is superior to all. He's superior to all created beings, and He has made a way for us. And that, to me, it's like, it is important for us to dig into these pieces, because even Paul talks about people who are lazy and immature and need to move on to the, you know, past the spiritual milk, not to get ahead of ourselves. But So I think we do need to delve into some of these deeper things for yeah. our own maturity and I our agree. own understanding. Yeah. But at the same time, we don't want to get too far into our heads that we
0: miss that the Lord has made a way for us. There is yeah. a banner statement. There is a, there is a headline. Yes. That's good. And that He is superior. Yes. Yeah. So, Kelly, I don't know if you know this, but our listeners are probably tired of hearing it, but I don't think they actually have. Um, We, just as a community, you know we're on week two of Hebrews, but before we opened Hebrews, we just wrapped reading the book of Leviticus. Oh, wow. So we are very intentionally going, here is, let's read everything there is to read and see God— where he is and who God is in Leviticus and know that the same God is the God of Hebrews and to like look at, like you use the word superior, like we've just looked at all of the sacrifices and all of the rules for the priests and all of these things and here we are with the superior priest and the superior and once-for-all-time sacrifice. Yes. So it'll be cool as we dig Mm -hmm. into this week to have those connections.
2: Absolutely. And you really have that Old Testament an Old Covenant giving way to the New Covenant, which is also addressed in these chapters, which I was remembering because it was saying the Old is like, has, is passing away, yes. you know, and it's becoming obsolete. Yes. Which I have a note in my Bible. When, though, exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. did it become obsolete? Right, because uh-huh, uh-huh. it's pretty interesting when you think about the author of Hebrews writing after Jesus' death and resurrection. Oh. So, when did it become uh-huh. obsolete? But so that, that might be a little, you know, much. But I, yes, that's great. I love that because there's a lot about the Levitical priesthood, exactly. in this and Jesus' supremacy to that. Yeah.
1: I think it's good to have. Questions like so many questions, yes. and we know that we don't know the answers mm-hmm. to all the que- I mean, even the most basic question of who wrote this book, we don't know, mm-hmm. and we can surmise and we can have our guesses and things like that. And we can do our best to look at the whole of scripture and try to understand what we're reading. Mm-hmm. But there it's, and I can't remember which of our friends, Kelly, maybe you'll remember, says to cling to what is clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, there are there are things that are head scratchers mm-hmm. and then there are things that are where the text even uses the word like uses the word clear. Like mm-hmm. we're gonna make Let this me be clear. clear. Let yes. me be clear. Wow. Yeah. So it's um, I think it's such an interesting combination. And this, this is what
0: I love about scripture. Like mm-hmm. I was thinking about this the other day, like I haven't formulated the exact number of things. This is not like the subject line of a blog post or anything, but like I think there are like probably three to five things that I can count on every time I open scripture. And one of those for sure is that I'll have questions. Mm. Another one is that almost always I draw new connections. Like those are two things almost always Mm. happen. I am often challenged, um, reformed, and then I'm also often encouraged. But like there, I mean, we, we have. You know Second Timothy that, that says something to that effect, anyhow. But I love that I go to Scripture anticipating that I'll have questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But oh, we're crossing cultures
2: and yes. languages, yes, and time frames and all kinds of different traditions. So yeah. it, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a lot, especially yeah. when we think about God as being the God of the entire story of the Bible, and it's starting back all the way with. Not just Adam and Eve, but the Abrahamic covenant and all. So there's a whole story that has gone before us. And we're entering, if we just enter it, Hebrews, we're entering Mm -hmm. way down the line of the story. that's right. And so when we dig into some of these things and we trace back, like as I was preparing for this, I had to go back to Genesis to read about, well, who in the world is Melchizedek? Now, I have studied that before, so I didn't know. But there was a time, a very first time for me, where I had to find Melchizedek. In the Old Testament, you go all the way back to Genesis
0: chapter 14. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's pretty far back. That's pre-Abrahamic covenant. Right? So, yeah. Yes.
2: And so there's a lot of those connections that I think make our study of Scripture richer. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And... It's exciting because it shows how layered and textured our faith is. That's right. That our faith did not just come popping out of the sky. That's right. But this is rooted in yeah. way history <laughs> and, yeah. and and in a history that people have been clinging to for thousands of years. That's yes. right. You know? So I think it should bolster. I think those questions and those I conundrums should bolster our faith.
0: Yeah. We were thinking last week about, you know, there's a lot of mystery surrounding, let's say, even like the authorship of Mm -hmm. the book of Hebrews, Mm -hmm. which, you know, we kind of agreed last week. Like, the mystery doesn't feel like a mistake. Like, kind of like that there's a mystery around the authorship. But also thinking about that this book is more meaningful to us because we have read Leviticus, because we do have the context of the Old Testament. Like, Mm -hmm. those things, they feel like... They make sense. And how much more for the original audience to be Mm -hmm. hearing these and going, like, I'm here on the ground. I'm looking at the temple. Like, what? Yes. So the original audience of the letter of Hebrews is—it's just cool to think about that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, we're starting this week in kind of the middle of chapter 5— Hebrews 5.11, which has a really fun start. <laughs> Your Monday reading, y'all are going to enjoy. It starts with, we have a great deal to say about this. <laughs> great.
0: A lot. Who's, who's Let's we? Go. Mm-hmm. Who's we?
1: And what's um, this? And this is my favorite part. Okay, so we have a great deal to say about this, and it is difficult to explain Since you have become too lazy to understand, so here was the progression in Amanda's mind as I read that (laughs) again this morning. I was like, "We have a great deal to say about this, and it is difficult to explain." And I, I literally put like a little smiley face in a heart of like, "Yeah, you know, you're right. It's difficult to explain." But then you keep going. (laughs) Since you have become too lazy to understand, (laughs) understand and at which point I tried to draw the like grimacing emoji, the like man with all the teeth. It's it's a medium sketch. Thank you, thank you. Mm -hmm. But yeah, okay. So what? So this is one of those moments where we. Happen to be starting our reading in the middle of a conversation. Yeah. So, yeah. what comes before that? But going
0: back a couple of verses in chapter five, which was the end of last week's reading, really kind of verses seven through ten of of chapter five. This it's it's an actually really important passage, and it's, it's worth reading. Mm-hmm. Kelly, will you read that for us? Sure. So it says, during his earthly life, he offered
2: prayers and appeals with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was the son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. After he was perfected, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. And he was declared by God a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek." So, so that's our background. So that's that's a, partly there's a lot to say I think about Jesus being a high priest after the order of Melchizedek, which yeah, we'll get to because he we'll picks get it back up in a in a little bit here. Yep. But I do think one of the things that I think is so profound about that passage is that Jesus the Son had to learn obedience yes. from what he suffered. Isn't that fascinating? It is. And that um, the phrase that comes after that, after
1: he was perfected, mm-hmm. I like question mark yeah. exclamation yeah. point because wasn't he perfect? What does that and, imply?
2: Yeah. I, I have a feeling if I were to take an uh, what I hope is an educated guess without having looked at the actual Greek word, yeah. I would m- imagine that that word perfected is that word for wholeness, yeah. a completion. Made complete. Not so much that he, or not at all, that mm-hmm. he was imperfect, mm-hmm. but that yeah. it was part of the road, the fullness, the wholeness yes. of the road that he had to walk. But I love that that he learned obedience yes. be, and through the suffering, because as you all noted in your study, that Hebrews is to a group of people who are suffering. That's right. And what happens when we suffer? The very first thing I think, at least for me, I think God has left me. God yeah. has forsaken uh, me. Yeah. Where, you know where, where is, is God? God? In this? Where are yes. you yes. now? And all, so much of Hebrews is persevere, 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 because when mm-hmm. you are suffering according to His will. He is with you, he is for you, he is changing you. There is a, a plan, there is a purpose, there is eternal life. You know, there there is so much here. So the fact that Jesus the Son, yeah, learned obedience through suffering. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think should give us a lot of encouragement and yeah. then that he was declared a high priest because earlier in that passage what came just slightly before that is that God appointed the Old Testament priest. This is not you didn't just wake up and say, "You know what?" I think I want to be a priest. Yeah. Right. Which yeah. I'm going to apply for a job. What a yeah. good word for, you know, all of us who are in. I mean, today you wake up and you're like, I want to be an influencer. Right. I'm going to go be one. Yeah. Right. You know, but yeah. but that true authority, yeah. real spiritual authority, I think, is something that comes from God. You That's know, right. but anyway, not to overlap too far. But here God would appoint the priest. And so now what part of what I think the author of Hebrews is saying is that. God appointed Jesus. Jesus did not say, "This is the mantle I'm going to take on myself." But God the Father appointed the Son for this role as High Priest, and He's a priest after the order of Melchizedek, which we'll pick up in a minute. Because Mm -hmm. even the author breaks from that for a second. We can come back to that. But then there's that point where you were just talking about where He says, "But you're a little lazy (laughs) to understand (laughs) this, and you haven't applied yourself." You know, and those are sometimes hard. But come on. Okay, let's that receive it. Fair. Let's yeah. get ourselves. Yeah. You know, let's say I we agree. don't want just the milk. We want to move on to higher and better things. That's you know, right. I I was telling you guys I just got back from Italy and I was over there for work stuff with Justice and Mercy International. But one of the days I was out shopping and it's like you you know the tomatoes or the prosciutto or the buffalo mozzarella or the different things. It's like you don't want milk over mm-hmm. there. You, wanna you want to taste every stuff. single thing that that place <laughs> has to offer, yeah. right? You want to taste the olive oil, you want to taste all of the fresh homemade pasta, you know, the prosciutto over the cantaloupe. Yes, yes. I'll try I'll try all of it. Give me I even did this was disgusting, but it's a big dish over there, but it's whipped tuna with slices of veal inside. Okay, Whoa. but I, I'm here to try. You're like, let's try it. I'm here it. Yeah. let's try the you, things, right? right? I don't want to be lazy and immature and just have a yeah. glass of milk. So in the same way, I think Paul's using this terminology of, don't we want yeah. the richer things yes. of Scripture? And especially when it comes to Christ, don't yes. we want yeah. to know these things yes. and taste these things? Yeah. And go a little bit outside of our norm. Yeah, absolutely. It also speaks to
1: just the body of Christ. That's right. Like that verse 12, although by this time you ought to be teachers, Mm -hmm. you need someone to teach you the basic principles of God's revelation again. You need milk, not solid food. Like we are to, you know, be discipled and to disciple others. Like Mm -hmm. it's supposed to go both ways. And so... Yeah. And then it goes straight in to <laughs> chapter six. We get our third where Hebrews has five warnings yeah. we have learned and they sort of just, they just kind of come on like they're, <laughs> they're, they're kind of sometimes they feel like they just come out of nowhere, but they don't. It's all connected. A warning against falling away is what it's called in the CSB. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the warnings feel. I think similarly themed, in fact, in the study book, we have them kind of named at the beginning um, in the front matter of the study book. And so the five warnings are warning against neglect, against unbelief, against falling away, that's this one, against deliberate sin, and against rejecting God's grace. Mm. So they definitely feel
2: They overlap, connected. Yes, yes. yes. absolutely. Yes.
1: And this one, though, you know, is pretty tough to contend with. Mm-hmm. Because it's warning of falling away, Mm -hmm. which begs the question: Can we fall away? How do we fall away? Who Mm -hmm. falls away? Then what? Lots of questions. Well, go ahead and answer them all. Well, it is no, (laughs) it
2: it is because I was thinking about that too. I was thinking about okay, so you've been enlightened, you've tasted the heavenly gift, Mm -hmm. you've shared in the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. tasted God's good word and the powers of the coming age. So, you know that's a that's a lot to have experienced and then to fall away. And I think that one of the things that Paul points out here is that he's saying that those people who are living in sin, who are not following Christ anymore, but who have had that experience of him, it's like they're re-crucifying him every time because mm-hmm. when they they Gosh. continue to work to live in that sin because it, you know and so that's here's the thing though that I was thinking because I was like okay, well, what about the when we deliberately sin? Cuz yeah. I deliberately right. sin sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really that's something that I think yep. is less and less in my life, but mm-hmm. I have deliberately sinned, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So like, well, wait, so what is that? And and what does this you know, mean for us? But I do think that it is important that when he pulls it back around and in verse 9 and 10, he says, even though we're speaking this way, dearly loved friends, in your case, we are confident of things that are better and that mm-hmm. pertain to salvation. For God is not unjust, he will not forget your work and the love you demonstrated for his name by serving the saints and by continuing to serve them. So I think if i were to again my personal understanding of this is that the people who are listening that are like wait have i kind of committed that unpardonable sin or if i have i crucified christ and is it impossible for me to come back to repentance I, but i really want to if you're even having those thoughts i would venture to say that's not who he's writing to yeah mm-hmm. i think this is a warning yeah. that when you have unbelief when you have tasted the things and you're deliberately walking away mm-hmm. and and you're not even concerned about it anymore mm-hmm. yeah that that's the people that mm-hmm. need to be concerned, but they're the ones that aren't. Yeah. And so then he brings it back around and says, "But I believe much better things for you. That, right. I'm not saying that about you, but there is a strong warning, and I do think it's so important that we do stay committed to the truths of God's word mm-hmm. and in community I agree. Uh, with yeah. our. Because it is easy, you know, to go off path or go off course. And mm-hmm. right, yeah, these are tricky texts, though. These are tricky for scholars across the board. Yes, I mean, you know, yes, yes. Mm-hmm when you look at the whole theme of Hebrews, it's a call to perseverance. It's Mm -hmm. a call to stay the path and to stay the course. And I think that that hopefully is a word for those who are listening today that are tired. They're tired in their obedience. They're tired in their suffering. Mm -hmm. They're wondering where God is. Mm -hmm. And it is in those moments, I think oftentimes, where we are tempted to go, you know what? I'm just going to go fix this Mm -hmm. my own self. Mm -hmm. I am going to not learn obedience anymore, and I'm going to self medicate mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know do what i feel like i want to do for myself and mm-hmm. again there's that whole thing about that he learned obedience and then it talks about saving those who also are going to walk in obedience and i think that the author is saying here stay the path stay the path because if we like you said complete rejection total falling away that is a really hard path yeah. to come back from yeah
0: you yeah you know it's interesting in in this part of Hebrews that we just read, and then even in the Going Deeper passage in Proverbs, the amount of, like, active language. Like, mm-hmm. in in Hebrews, it was, like demonstrate the diligence, the work, the serving the saints. And then when we turn the page in the study book to Proverbs chapter 2, there's accept my words, store up my commands, listen closely, direct your heart, call out, lift your voice, seek it, search it. Like, it's just very, like, there is not um, a stagnation in Christ. Like, there is a walking with Him and alongside Him. It's it's beautiful to see that call of obedience— but also of of moving forward yes. and and being active in uh-huh. our faith. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, and I think
2: sometimes we also we look at that passage and we're like, wait, what does that mean? What, what does it mean to not? But then again, he just keeps moving us toward the encouragement, and That's he's saying, right. look, right. there was an Abrahamic covenant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God promised these things to Abraham, and he promised that hope and blessing would come through. Abraham, through his seed, through the nation of Israel. And now, uh, look what he says. He he says, it's impossible for God to lie. And then in verse 19 of chapter 6, he says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, (laughs) firm and secure. That's right. So it's all about going back to Jesus. And so I think that whole idea of is like, stay strong and stay the course because Jesus has made a way. And this is an unshakable promise. This is a certain promise. Mm -hmm. And we can have confidence in this. And I I think that's the that's what we cling to. Why would we want to fall away when yeah. we have an unshakable Yes. hope in Jesus Christ. And I, I think that that's what
0: Can we read that whole passage that 6:13 through 20 cuz it's so cool. Like this whole thing read at once makes such beautiful sense cuz so often we want to be like we have this hope it's an anchor for the yes, soul, but like yes. going back to where it talks about two unchangeable things. Yeah, let's read that. I'll, I'll read that
1: for us. Hebrews 6, starting in verse 13. For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater to swear by, he swore by himself. I will indeed bless you, and I will greatly multiply you. And so, after waiting patiently, Abraham obtained the promise. For people swear by something greater than themselves, and for them a confirming oath ends every dispute." Because God wanted to show His unchangeable purpose even more clearly to the heirs of the promise, He guaranteed it with an oath so that through two unchangeable things, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to seize the hope set before us. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. Jesus has entered there on our behalf as a forerunner because he has become a high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek.
0: There's Melchizedek. Again. I just can't imagine reading this as, an, as the original audience. Like, right. wait, Jesus has entered behind the curtain once, like just mm-hmm. going like, how? Wait. What I know, and all of that is coming
2: in future chapters that we will discuss today <laughs> about the tabernacle and yeah. the blood of bulls and yes, goats. Yes, not yes. Being yeah, and when you think about, we had to do this all of our repeatedly. lives, repeatedly, mm-hmm. and even so, it's mm-hmm. uh, not perfect. There was not this yes perfect redemption, and it's like here we are with this new covenant, and that that's the hope. That he's bringing. And then, yes, that whole after the order of Melchizedek, which he goes into further in chapter seven, which is a whole interesting Uh conversation, right? Hey,
1: friends, taking a quick break to tell you that our Advent 2022 collection is now available in the shop. Go to ShopSheRootsTruth.com slash Advent to find all of this year's Advent products, including our Advent study book for the She's, as well as a legacy book for the He's. There is an Advent greeting card set that features all of those wonderful, whimsical, beautiful illustrations from the Advent study book. I am in love with that card set. And if you want to involve the whole family in your Advent experience this week, We would love for you to do that. So be sure to check out the Kids Read Truth Advent Bundle. It includes the ornament set, as well as our This is the Christmas Story book. Y'all, it's too much stuff to list, but just go to advent and check out the entire collection. And as always, remember the best way for you to secure your book, including your Advent book, is to sign up for our monthly subscription box. The Advent book will come in your November sub box with an exclusive Christmas gift from us. November fifteenth is the last day to order your book and receive it in time before the plan starts on November twenty seventh with standard shipping. So go to shopsheReadstruth.com for all the things. All right, let's get back to the show. I think it's time. I want to know let's do like it. Give us is his how how's this for a question, Kelly? Um Uh-oh. what about Melchizedek?
2: <laughs> what about <laughs> that guy? Like what's about
0: the
1: significance it. here? Clearly it is like Melchizedek was a special type of priest. Mm-hmm. But how so? Because you were saying earlier that priest like Melchizedek was appointed mm-hmm. a priest, but and, and like Aaron and the Levites were appointed a priest, but then Aaron was appointed and then his, his children, like you were born into that line Correct. of priests. Correct, right. But Melchizedek wasn't?
2: So that's kind of the argument that the author of Hebrews is making, is that if you see in verse 3, it says that he was without father, mother, or genealogy, <laughs> having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but resembling the Son of God. He remains a priest forever, this is a great place for some question marks. So what the author is trying to state is not necessarily that he literally was not born without parents, but that he was not part of the Levitical yes, priesthood, yes. Mm-hmm. that he was superior to the Levitical priesthood. And just like we see that Jesus is born of a virgin, he's bypassing that sinful line, right? Mm-hmm. In this kind of same way, Melchizedek, is he's different from the human earthly... Appointed Levitical priesthood. Okay. So he's superior okay, that's to that's
0: Yes. So th- so that's why there's the whole concept of the no genealogy. And it's because there's it's no some, record of where he came different. from. Yeah. It's just that, like, nothing that we should admire him. Like, yeah. nothing that would allow him or that would, um, Give him a ticket, yes, to and the it show. separates yeah. him. Mm-hmm.
2: It, it put it's it's like he's bypassing yes. this flawed yes. system. Mm-hmm. Then we also see that Abraham tithed to him, yeah. So that is is really here. Not to mention the fact that Melchizedek is also the first priest mentioned in the Old Testament, which is significant. But Abraham tithes to him, which means that Abraham is giving something to someone who is greater than him. He is so we see that Melchizedek is superior. To Abraham. Mm -hmm. And that is also important because Melchizedek blesses Abraham. Well, Abraham, here is he's like God's chosen man, and now, but there's somebody above him that's blessing him and that Abraham would tithe to. Okay. So that Jesus is after the order of Melchizedek is showing that Melchizedek was even greater. Got it. Then you know, then this then than Abraham even. Mm-hmm.
0: Um And the, from Abraham's seed would come the Levitical, <laughs> Levitical line. Yes. And so
2: now Jesus is after that order of Melchizedek. Oh, okay. So but, uh,
0: the bypassing. Al- that helps. Y- y- yeah, y- y-
2: yeah. I mean again, my understanding and a a lot of this is is like beyond maybe I'm one of those lazy people, immature people. This <laughs> beyond <laughs> I don't think my, so. <laughs> no, but it's it, it it is definitely not an easy passage. But again, we see in that verse 7, I think this is interesting, without a doubt, the inferior is blessed by the superior. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so what we're, I think, able to see in Christ after that order of Melchizedek is that Jesus is far superior even to that. Mm -hmm. And that blessing—there was something about reading about the fact that Melchizedek blessed Abraham.
0: Yeah. That
2: really— Blessed me because I was thinking, yes, yeah. I'm like, I want to receive that blessing of the high priest Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. yeah. What and and obviously, he has blessed us Mm -hmm. through salvation, but yes, I think you see these parallels. And I love that Melchizedek, in fact, I just read it. Oh, yeah, he resembles the Son of God, the Son of God doesn't resemble Melchizedek, yeah, that's important, yeah, yeah.
0: Did you and see
1: that part about the the meaning of his name in mm-hmm. in verse 2? First his name talking about Melchizedek, first his name means king of righteousness, mm-hmm. then also king of Salem meaning king of peace. peace. Yes. So who when you think king of righteousness mm-hmm. and king mm-hmm. of peace who has no recorded right. beginning or end mm-hmm. and yes. who's who is a priest that did not come through the Levitical line like because Jesus came through, and, and Hebrews, the author of Hebrews says it later in the same chapter, is evident our Lord came from Judah,
2: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm.
1: So you know Jesus is the truer and better yes. Melchizedek. Mm-hmm. Yes, in the same way he's the truer and better Abraham. Yes, mm-hmm.
2: and isn't that interesting? That I'm glad you brought that up. Jesus comes from Judah, the tribe of Judah, and that was not the right. That was not the, the, priestly, the priestly line. line. Yeah. he wouldn't
0: have had any right to go into the exactly. holy of holies from the tribe of Judah. Exactly, and that's
2: what. I think that the author of Hebrews is arguing yeah. is that he's after the order of Melchizedek, someone who shatters bypassed, everything, but that was appointed by God. So, so, so cool. Like um, shatters
0: everything, but then puts it together in like such a more beautiful way. Yeah, in a way that's just kind of almost beyond our yeah
2: ability to. It
0: takes all the human systems, even the human system set up by God and says, Mm -hmm. like, this is incomplete. Like, we have to bypass this. Yes. But in a way that was planned from the beginning. Yes. Yes, exactly. This is
1: what the author says about Jesus in verse 13. For the one these things are spoken about belongs to a different tribe. No one from it has served at the altar. Now it is evident that our Lord came from Judah. And Moses said nothing about that tribe concerning <laughs> priests. <laughs> and this becomes clearer. There's that word we love. Mm-hmm. And this becomes clearer if another priest like Melchizedek appears, who did not become a priest based on a legal regulation mm-hmm. about physical descent, but based on the power of
2: an indestructible life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Such a cool phrase. Wow. And then he quotes mm-hmm. the psalmist who was quoting... The Genesis passage, right. yes. you know, mm-hmm. that you're a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Yeah. Um,
1: a better hope is introduced Yeah, through which we draw near to God. So this is get, beginning to get us into that mm-hmm. better covenant.
2: And that ni- that verse 19, that first part of it, for the law perfected nothing. Yes. Oh, and, goodness. And How that, could I skip that? That's yeah. the thing. And so I think that's what we see. Jesus appointed by God, no beginning, no end, outside of yeah. the Levitical priesthood, totally superior, and is able to do what the law could not do for us. Right. And so if we're going to take all of this really heady, Old Testament, sacrificial, I think what, what's the bottom line for us here is that yeah. Jesus did for you and for me what we could not yeah. do for ourselves and what the law could not do. Yes. And, and I no know,
0: other man could do for no us. And no other person could yes. do No
2: priest, exactly. No yes. human priest could do this yes. for us. And yes. I don't know about those listening, but for me, I feel like the more like Christ I become, the more aware of how totally unable and depraved mm-hmm. my own heart is. Yeah. Like it is such a weird thing. The right. more, the closer I become to Christ, the more I'm like, "Wow, this has to be a work of the Spirit." Which we'll get to because he also quotes the author quotes a big part in Jeremiah yes. chapter thirty-one and about the new heart and the life. And so I don't. Yes. Get ahead. Again, I don't want to get ahead. But this better covenant and
0: that study of Melchizedek, I bet we could go on and on and on if we really dug in there. Even looking at verse 23 where it says, Mm -hmm. Now many have become Levitical priests since they're prevented by death from remaining in office, but because he remains forever, he holds his priesthood permanently. It's such a funny way to, like, word it, but it was like, oh, that's such a good point. Like, all of these people are prevented from remaining priests forever forever. Simply because they die, right? Yes. Jesus is not going to
1: vacate right, his exactly. seat As priest, exactly.
0: Therefore, he is able to save completely. Yes, those who come to God through him, since he always lives to intercede mm-hmm. for them. Which I I know that we read last week and and also this week that he is seated. At mm-hmm. the right hand of God, and like signaling that completion, signaling mm-hmm. the completion, and yet, like we read in Acts about the stoning of Stephen, and what does Stephen see? Mm-hmm. He sees Jesus standing. standing, which I love to think about. That like while he is seated in like the completion, he's also standing to intercede. Mm-hmm. Like there's mm-hmm. something that. We, something mysterious yeah. that we don't understand, but there's an activity yes. at the same time that it is complete.
2: Yes. And that that completion, obviously, he was able to do that because of the sacrifice, Right, that the priests are always required, and this is in the text, to make bring these sacrifices. But Jesus' sacrifice once and for all himself mm-hmm. was what completed it. But another thing that I don't think the author of Hebrews necessarily draws out, but if you were to go back to Genesis chapter 14 and look at Melchizedek as well— In connection to what you're saying, Rachel, is in verse 18 of chapter 14 of Genesis, it says, Melchizedek, king of Israel, brought out bread and wine. Hmm. He's a priest of God most high. What is that? I mean, that to me is a future push toward... The Passover communion, absolutely, and then you get Jesus becomes the His body becomes the broken bread, and His blood spilled out is the wine. And so now, what is that? That's the ultimate sacrifice that is once and for all that covers our sin. So we see all of these connections and these this mirroring um, all the way back from Genesis chapter fourteen that shows up in in Hebrews. And you're you're exactly right. I mean, can you imagine being first? Audience and realizing that there has been a perfect and full and whole sacrifice
0: that has reconciled us to God. One must have felt, and what gratitude I feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know?
1: And how familiar would this language have been in um, still in chapter 7, verse 26? For this is the kind of high Mm -hmm. priest we need holy, innocent, Mm -hmm. undefiled separated from sinners and exalted above the heavens. Like there's so much Levitical language Mm -hmm, in there, the undefiled and separate. (laughs) He doesn't need to offer sacrifices every day as high priests do, first for their own sins, then for those of the people. He did this once for all time when he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priests men who are weak, but the promise of the oath, which came after the law, appoints a, a capital S son who has been perfected forever.
2: Yes. Yeah. And I love that you read that that I love that this is the kind of high priest we need.
1: Yes. Right? We
2: don't need one who is saddled by his own, his own sin. Yes. Yes, and one who has to keep bringing the sacrifices. Now this wow.
1: is is tangential, but then that makes me think of just the turmoil that we experience in the church mm-hmm. today when we expect mm. a a shepherd A lowercase s shepherd to be our great high priest. Mm. That's right, and then they aren't because they are also sinful, Mm -hmm. and you know, not that they are not accountable, but they are also sinful, and so. But Jesus, the true and better one for all time, is the only
0: the only leader shepherd we will ever have Mm -hmm. who is not saddled with Mm -hmm. sin.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and as I was thinking about just walking in today, you know, I think one of the problems that we have about getting excited about a text like this is that we live in a culture that not only is not sacrificing for our sins by shedding blood and going to the, you know, temple every every so often, but we live in a culture that really doesn't even name a yeah, lot of sin. <laughs> that's right. Correct. Yeah. So, it's how do we get excited about <laughs> a sacrifice for sin when we live in a culture that really just doesn't even acknowledge a lot of sin. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that we don't acknowledge any sin, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of sin that is yeah. not even acknowledged, I agree. Yeah, is not even an issue. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, wow, Lord, how do we get to that place where we recognize our mm. desperate need for you? Mm-hmm. And, I, and that is the work of the Holy Spirit. So I'm not saying that we have to put that on ourselves, but yeah. it is always sweet. It is always sweet for me when the Spirit convicts me of, of my sin and in the same moment reminds me of how loved yes. I am and how the Lord has made a way yeah. for me. Yeah. But I just find that it, does this come as great relief to us, or are we so inundated mm-hmm. by our world and by the movies that we watch That's and right. by the things that we listen to and yeah. things that we are streaming and that we aren't even thankful for this because we don't even see that there's a problem in the first place? Yeah, and that to me is like and if I, we can't see the, the problem, then
0: what's the big deal of what's the, solution? the big deal of the
2: solution? Mm-hmm. And at least in those days, good, there was this: what are we going to do yeah. about our sin problem? Yeah, and we our lack we cannot keep this. We up. cannot keep this law. We yeah. cannot keep up the you know the sacrifices on a yearly basis. We're mm-hmm. always looking to these temporal mm-hmm. solutions. Yeah. So it's like, oh, Holy Spirit, ignite in our hearts and ignite yes. in our own minds. The, the truth of how much we need a savior yeah, because yes. we do need this, and that's what he said. Well, this is the kind of high priest we need, yes, but how many today mm-hmm. we're not even looking to high priests, we're looking to our stuff and our things and our pleasures and our experiences. Right. And yeah, well, so we need them even more, right? Yeah. Right, <laughs> but right. it's just man, the culture is so different here,
0: yeah.
2: But, um, yeah, yeah not to sidetrack us there, but it no, that's one that of my on track. prayers is yeah. like, come on, Holy Spirit convict us. Yes. Yeah. You know, we need you so desperately. We mm-hmm. need to just weep at the good news mm-hmm. that yeah. this is for yeah. uh, you know, our our own current day culture.
1: And I think that's part of the reason. I mean, the, it is it is stated over and over. I mean, Hebrews is not a terribly long book. I mean, what, it's 13 chapters. And here we go again in in chapter 8 kind of a, a restating of what was just stated that mm-hmm. that Jesus Was this kind of high priest who Mm -hmm. sat down at the throne and who was the true tabernacle, not one made with hands? Um, Those were just, you know, copies and shadows. But like Mm -hmm. this is Jesus ushering in a, in verse six says, Jesus has now obtained a superior ministry. Mm -hmm. And to that degree, he is the mediator of a better covenant, Mm -hmm. which has been established on better promises.
0: Yes. And
1: so just that reiteration after reiteration of Jesus is better, the covenant is better and new, Mm -hmm. the sacrifice is complete, Mm
0: -hmm. but it was not small. <laughs> no. Yeah. You know. And even when we talk about old covenant and new covenant, and even this language of faultless and faulty, like mm-hmm. to to say that the first covenant was faulty or was not faultless is to be clear that that was the human side of the covenant that was faulty. Well,
2: yes, because he says in verse eight, exactly, he says, but finding fault with his people. Exactly. And yes. so it was it was incomplete, not because the law wasn't perfect, but because right. we as a people couldn't It was the people that couldn't keep it. And that's what I love. Then Mm -hmm. now he goes back to Jeremiah chapter 3. Ezekiel had a similar—because we talked about this when I was on the Ezekiel podcast—had a similar prophecy. And if you—he talks about the old covenant. He's making a new Mm -hmm. covenant. But then if you drop down to verse 10, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws into Mm -hmm. their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. And then verse 12, for I will forgive their wrongdoing, and I will never again remember their sins. So here kind of answers my own musing just a few minutes ago of like, what about when you live in a culture that we don't even name sin? Well, the author of Hebrews kind of takes care of that for us because he says there's this day, which we're living in now, where the law of God is in our minds and it's written in our hearts. Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. And so I think there is this, you know, I was with a, Friend of mine who planted a church in Italy forty years ago, and every restaurant we went into, every waiter or waitress we talked to, he's my friend Sam, he would always get to, do you know the Lord? Do you? you know, but in a way that was so personal and lovely, mm. lovely, mm. and people loved talking to him, even if they would say, no, I'm an agnostic, no, I'm yeah, an atheist. Yeah. Well, why? Are, you know, and he would get into these conversations. And I got in the car and I said, Sam, how do you do that so effortlessly? And he said, Kelly, I believe with all my heart. That everybody is looking for God, yeah. and I think that's kind of what it is. It, yeah. Like, so I'm going to just start there. I don't even say to people, "Do you think about God?" Do you? he said, "I just start with yes, they yeah. do, and yeah. they want to know Him." Oh, that's man. my baseline. Oh my and I was like, wow. I kind of always think the opposite, right? right. You know, like, oh, they don't want to know. And he goes, "No, I start with yes. Yeah, they they need Jesus. This is the high priest they need." And it's so it's 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 I a yes, it's love It's
0: so funny. Literally, the um, Advent. Plan that we have created for this year is called "Joy of Every Longing Heart," mm. and so it just acknowledges the baseline assumption is every heart is longing, and it follows it with that Jesus is the joy. It's that yes. line from "Come That Long Expected Jesus," yes. but like, oh, yes. we, and we take mm. in that Advent series, we're going to go line by line through that hymn and look at how it came it is all drawn from scripture every lyric and that hymn is drawn from scripture but that every heart is longing Mm, yes you're exactly right yes and some of that I think
2: is the change that of this new covenant that the Lord is because of Christ yeah there's this thing happening for especially you know for those who are God's people but it's like wow and this forgiveness and never remembering their sins and right Right. I wrote
0: yeah, thank you I wrote how (laughs) and thank you (laughs) yes yes (laughs) I know it's so I would awesome. Just truly never remember. It's it's not a human thing. It's yeah. it's it's amazing. Yes. But what a great prophecy too
2: that Jeremiah just basically he's prophesying, it's like, look, this is not gonna work long term. Like yeah. the we're just too sinful. And so God is gonna have to change our hearts. Mm-hmm. God is gonna have to put the law yes. into our hearts and He is gonna have to forgive us once and for all, and he's going to have to make a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. so, so Jeremiah was already pointing to this before Jesus came. Yeah. And so now that he has come, it's like, see, don't you recognize what the Old Testament prophets have been pointing yeah. to? Yeah. Yeah. And so what good news this is for us as well, Man. too, because we get to share in this new covenant ministry. Yes, yeah. yes.
0: Speaking of New Covenant Ministry, the that's the actual section heading in the CSB. Well, I did see that. Yeah, of course you did. (laughs) But listen, I love it. Let's read that. That's from chapter nine of Hebrews, starting in verse eleven. It says, "But Christ has appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, have come. I like that. In the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, He entered the most holy place once for all time." Not by the blood of goats and calves, but by His own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a young cow sprinkling those who are defiled sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Him without blemish to God, cleanse our consciences from dead works so that we can serve the living God. Isn't that awesome? I love that section so much, especially mm. when you go
2: back if you've just been through Leviticus. Yeah. But you go back and you look at that tabernacle. The yeah. Yes, and that only once a year. Yes. The high priest would be able to get into the Holy of Holies. Day of Atonement. And now he says all of this. And I, I when I was getting ready for this, I was thinking back. So this is a story just I was probably I don't know, high school, and I was in the church choir. So I just dated myself into the eighteen hundreds. But I was in the church choir, and <laughs> I was in the church choir. I, were you? Yeah, sometimes we were I live was in not the choir. Yes. Always
1: the church choir. Sometimes, yeah, the, I was for like, a little while.
2: It was really, but I don't I did even other remember. Wait, did you come on? You, <laughs> no, no, no. You, you weren't singing in the church. choir? I wasn't. My voice. Were you an alto, soprano? Just, no. what were you? No. Well, I was. I was there in the church choir, and I don't know what it was about that setting, but I had. A lot of anxiety, not because of the choir or the choir members, but for whatever, maybe maybe in my subconscious, I was sensing that the church choir is like the holy place. I don't know. I don't Interesting. know. Interesting. Yeah. A, okay. But, well, you are kind of back but behind. You're kind of back. Yeah, and it's kind of this thing. And, and I, I, I don't know if it was this overwhelming sense that I didn't belong and things I was dealing with in my life and just an incredible sense of of, of guilt and panic and mm-hmm. shame and t- things i was that i had going on and that and then being in the choir and maybe the tightness of it and it just was like all of the recipe for just a uh, like i'm oh, such a yeah. sinner i can't and and i got home and i was just kind of panicked about like lord you know i and i think i don't know maybe maybe we don't all have those moments but i do feel like that at different points in our life we are overcome with our either our sin or our sinfulness yeah. or both yeah. at the same time
0: mm-hmm.
2: and i was overcome i just for whatever reason, and I can't even remember specifically, but I was just overcome with just feeling like there's no way, there is no way for hmm. me. I don't care if I'm in the choir, that's not going to do it, you know. Hmm. And the Lord brought me to the passage that you just read. No oh wow! And it was such, and I could tell you exactly where I was sitting in my parents' sunroom, and I was by myself, and I mean tears just oh, rolling yeah. down my face because not that I had ever sacrificed an animal for my sin, right? But I got it. I knew that it didn't matter how dressed up i tried to be how church girl i tried to be how much i wanted to be church girl and not just in the choir on the outside but like whatever that means on the inside you know mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and it was just like it was just like the lord was like i have done this for like how much more will the blood of christ like if yes. the blood of christ can't do it yes then it can't be done it can't yes. be done yeah. and if i think that i can my sinfulness or my sin can outrun Right. The sacrifice of Christ, then I don't believe in Him as Savior. Yeah, that's Right, Right? Yeah. and so it was just like He's just saying He offered Himself, and I love that without any blemish. Mm-hmm. So He just was perfect. And back to what you had read earlier, this is the kind of high priest we need—one yeah. who's holy, undefiled, you know, pure, mm-hmm, set right. apart. But I mean, all the things after the order of Melchizedek, even right. though that wasn't in that section, I don't think. But it, basically, something outside of us—that's right—and outside of the religious line. Mm-hmm. And he's he offers himself without blemish and I to cleanse our consciences. And that's what I needed. Like mm-hmm. I just needed my whole conscience cleansed. And mm. I love this imagery of just this cleansing. And then I think it's in chapter ten where he talks about, you know, washing our consciences with that pure water. And he's the high priest that we can come to. And and so as heady as all of this can get for us, I think that that takeaway is no matter what you are in, no matter what you are dealing with, no matter what your past, no matter your sin or your sinfulness, we have that mm-hmm. final Amen. high priest who has Amen. made that sacrifice for us and has gone to the place we couldn't go, into the Holy of Holies once yes. and for all. And he has cleansed us. And then look at that last line from dead Works: so that what? So that <laughs> we can serve yes. the living God. And that I have circled because we are not... It's not just so that we can be like, forgiven. Right. Yes. So
0: that it goes back we to all those action verses. Yes. That. Yes.
2: Yes. With our whole lives. And mm-hmm. that's another thing is I think sometimes our guilty conscience just sidelines us. And people are like, well, I can't do that because of this. Well, I can't. No. Jesus made a way so that you can be a servant of the living man. Yeah. And that is so huge for us. It's not just so we can barely eke in the doors. Mm-hmm. It's right. not just so we can even be in the whatever the church choir version is today,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but so that we can be active servants of God. And it's not because of what we've done. It's because of what
0: He has
1: done. Because the root of that feeling that you're describing that I think resonates with so many of us of being just completely overcome and overwhelmed Mm -hmm. by the reality of our sin is the root of that... Conviction is correct. That, like, there's nothing that I can do to fix this. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I can't, there's no religious system Mm -hmm. that will fix this. There we go. Um, But there's Jesus. Yes. And so he's able to finish the unfinishable task of atoning for our sins. Like, he does it completely, once for all time, finishes it.
2: That's exactly. And that's in chapter 10, verse 18. Now, where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. Hmm. So like what you just said, I mean, yes. once that sacrifice has been done and once that forgiveness there there is no other there is no other sacrifice yeah, that we right. can add to that. And we were just even talking about how does this practically play out for us? How does all this stuff about Melchizedek and the mm-hmm, superior to mm-hmm. the Levitical line and going into the holy of holies and what does this practically lay out for us? And I love what you all have in in the study is just that chapter 10 verses 19 through 25, because it gets real practical Mm -hmm. for
0: us. I mean, keep going, Kelly. Would you read that for us? Yes, I would love to. So this is Hebrews chapter 10,
2: verses 19 through 25. Therefore, (laughs) can I just stop there really quick? Yes. Yes. (laughs) It's all this stuff, like all this really, really heady stuff. And then he goes, therefore, well, okay. Therefore, as a result of everything we've talked about on this podcast, brothers and sisters, since Mm -hmm. we have boldness Mm -hmm. to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus... He has inaugurated for us a new and living way through the curtain. That is through His flesh. Mm -hmm. And since we have a great high priest Mm -hmm. over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, since He who promised is faithful." And let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other, and all the more as you see the day approaching. That gets really I exciting that. all of that whole section, doesn't yes. it? That we, we cannot just like isolate ourselves and go, okay, sweet, I'm forgiveness." us. I'm it's just such a good right, therefore. Yes. 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 It's a, yeah. So because of all of this, this. Yes. yes. Yes, yes, we have the full assurance. I think that's another good word for us today. I feel like, and I don't know about you all, but I feel like in our current culture and even our spiritual, even sometimes in our Christian culture, there's this like you can't really know anything. Yeah. It's sort of like this, well you can't and and I I get some of it. It's a backlash to some of the hardcore like, you know, authoritarian thing. But then it gets to that point where it's like knowing almost becomes like well you can't know. Yeah. And I I was just reminded again, let us hold on to Confession of Our Hope without wavering. Yeah. Yes. Because He promised is faithful. And let us draw near with full assurance. Yeah. There's all these, like, you can know, and you can be rooted and grounded. Yes. That's and that's so helpful for me because I think I get really Absolutely. influenced by kind of the, the feel of the day, which is like, well, don't get too, you know, but it's like, right. hey, it's not on us. Uh, this is what... Scripture, this is what the author of Hebrews is saying. Yeah. He says, I didn't come up with this. Yeah. You know, and then these that, are not man's words. Being able yes. to be together and not neglect
0: that gathering, that.
2: which I think is so important in a post Surprising to, of the to world. find
0: that theme in Hebrews. I think I didn't know to look for it, but that theme of community and the necessity of gathering yes. and supporting each other, mm-hmm. that was probably not a surprise to y'all, but like to me, it was just like, oh, I didn't realize how underscoring that yeah. was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We and encouraging that last week one too. another. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Kelly. If we keep having conversations like this, we are going to keep, keep <laughs> making you come back and Just have more conversations. Make me the
2: letter jacket. That's yeah, all I'm saying. I know. The little things. We're working on yeah. it.
1: We're going to work on it. I have one more thing that I found that we know that oh, there's a lot of things in mm-hmm. here. For honest, sure. But as we wrap up, this is what we teased a little into into Monday. But on Thursday, from Hebrews nine, you're going to read this line that made me want to do a Chris Kane lap. around the podcast studio. It's uh, verse 28 just starts in the middle of a sentence. So also Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Hmm. There's another thing we can know that we know, Mm -hmm. that we know. Amen. It's like he's... I love that. This is even this. Even this that we have, this freedom that we have in the knowledge that our sins have been forgiven, even that is not the end, because the end mm. is the dwelling forever in mm. his present, good word, mm-hmm. all things made new,
0: mm. love it, yes, man, Kelly. You're a treat. Mandy. you're a treat too. Well, so are you. Yeah, listen. I feel like it's uh, fitting that for all of the food talk that we've had over kind of Leviticus and Hebrews, that um, over the weekend, if you have the study book on pages 72 and 73, there is a recipe for a prosciutto and rosemary grilled cheese. Yes, there is. So you guys will have that recipe over the weekend. And then next week, we're coming back for our third and final week of... Hebrews.
1: Yep. And we're going to wrap it up with our good friend, Patti Sauls.
0: Um, well, listen, Kelly, this is your seventh time to get to say this. And I'm trying to think of new ways to say, it. How, to say it. it. How do we put say, say this? Yeah. Yes. Where do I
2: put the emphasis? So, so get ready. I'm going to tee you see, up. Okay, Are you ready? Nervous. Okay. I'm going to
0: try to <laughs> breathe. Deep. Okay. All right. All right. Friends listening. You are invited as a royal priesthood to be women and men in the Word of God every day this week. Open your Bible today. Open it again tomorrow. That is all it takes to be women and men in the Word of God every day. And you're going to be reading Hebrews, and the Spirit is going to meet you there. And Spirit is going to show you things that we never even talked about in this episode, I guarantee you. And then come back next week. But until next week, Kelly, what do we tell our friends? Keep opening your Bibles.